Hi, my loves. It's me, your girl, Chantel E, back at you again with another episode. How have you guys been? I've missed you. It's been a little bit of a minute, not that long of a minute, but definitely a little bit of a minute. Um, I've still been on my Bible challenge if you guys have been listening to the past episode. So I'm reading the Bible, um, starting from Genesis, going all the way to Revelations. I currently have finished Genesis. And there was so many messages in Genesis. There's so many fruit to be picked from God's word. And I would find something and I would just be like, oh my gosh, this would make such a great episode. Um, And then I would read something new the next day and be like, oh my gosh, this makes such a great episode. So I have all of those fruits picked and I will definitely be making episodes on them later. But today... um, there's just been this verse that's just been ringing in my head over and over and over again. So it's kind of a little bit of a cheat because I'm not <laughs> I'm not giving you guys something from Genesis. I'm sorry, but I promise I will soon. But we're going to fast forward a little bit to Luke. And so the verse that's been playing over and over and over again in my head is, You are always with me and everything I have is yours. So just close your eyes and say that with me. You are always with me, and everything that I have is yours. Isn't that so beautiful? So just throughout the day, I've just been hearing that verse over and over and over again. And I purposefully left out the context because I feel like when you hear that vo- that verse, um, if you're not familiar with it, you think that that's something that we are saying on to God, right? Because it sounds like something we would say to God. You are always with me, and everything I have is yours. But actually, this is coming from the story of the prodigal son in Luke 15. So if you're not familiar with the story, um, as always, you guys know I love, love, love to tell you guys to read the word for yourself and not just (laughs) to take my word for it. But the parable of the lost son, um, it starts in Luke 15, chapter 11. So I can give you guys a little summary. Um... I'm trying to figure out if I should read this to you or not. It's a little bit lengthy, but I read the NIV version. Uh, So I'll just go ahead and give you guys a summary. So basically, um, it's a man and he has two sons. And so he divides his property equally between them, right? And so the younger one runs off um, and he just squanders his money, right? So he just buys whatever. He's buying prostitutes. He's just, you know, just enjoying his life. Um, And then he comes to his senses after spending everything (laughs) and just being literally um, basically homeless, right? And then there was a famine and he just was in need. So basically he comes back to his father um, and he's ready to just basically tell his father that I will just be a servant in your house, you know, because he knows that he's done wrong. But his father, um, and I'll go ahead and read this. This is Luke 15, 20. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. And um, basically, fast forwarding to verse 22, um, the father tells his servants to bring the best robe and put it on his son, put a ring on his fingers and sandal on his feet, bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate for the son of mine was dead and as alive again, he was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. So it's a beautiful story of reconciliation and forgiveness and it's a parable, right? So with parables, um, it doesn't mean it necessarily happened, but it's kind of Jesus's way of 
giving us a lesson in a bigger story, right? So in this parable, the way that it will be taught a lot, or if you've heard it, you've probably heard it taught from the perception, um, which is a big message within it, that if you are lost, if you have gone on the wrong path, God is waiting to like welcome you back. God wants to bring you back home with open arms and he 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 misses his son he misses his daughter he's gonna restore you um and not even restore you because lately i'm like you know what i don't like the word restore because that means i'm gonna bring you back to what it was right and god doesn't want to bring you back to what it was he wants to take you to the next level right he wants to do something new right um so it's not restoration it's replacement okay so um that was a word. It's not restoration, but it's replacement. Okay, so moving on. So as I was saying, this is a lot of so so so's. Anyways, <laughs> so <laughs> so it will be taught um, from the perspective of like I just said, you know, the son who returned, right? But there's another part to this story, which is the verse I told you before. Um, so there's the older son, right? So can you imagine being the older son? And you're like, oh my gosh, like I did the right thing. I sat here, I kept my money, you know, I didn't go squander it. And like, you're just going to welcome him back, you know? And I think part of the human existence is we want to see punishment, right? We want to see retribution, right? We want to see people (laughs) pay for their sins um, in one way or another. And I think that's something we should all kind of examine, right? Because God is so forgiving with us, so merciful with us, but when it's our turn to be merciful, when it's our turn to be forgiving, um, we tend to not want that, right? We're like, wait, no, like I did the right thing. I did the right steps. This person shouldn't, you know? So obviously in the story, you know, the son is the older son who did the right thing is angry. And so I'll actually go ahead and read that to you. That's Luke 15, 28. So the older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him, but he answered his father, look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. And then this is where it comes in, Luke 15, 31. My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. Right. So this isn't what we're saying unto God, but it's what God is saying unto us, right? That we we are always with him. You know, even when we're doing the right thing, okay, let me break this down even some more, right? So in the real world, and I, I think this is something that we should keep in mind a lot uh, when thinking of the things of God, is that God doesn't operate like us. God doesn't think like us, right? So in the real world, if I have... A dollar right and I give that dollar to someone else then it's like there's no dollar for you okay let me break it down even more so if I have a dollar and there's two people in front of me right and I give the dollar to one person I don't have anything else to give the other person right God doesn't work like that there's a wealth for all of us there's enough for all of us nobody is taking your portion of what God has for you okay it's set aside for you and so this all that I have is yours everything that I have is yours is for everyone everyone can have everything right and offering someone else grace and mercy doesn't take away from the grace and mercy that is being offered onto you. Offering someone else forgiveness and love and the fruits of the spirit and the things that God has set aside for them doesn't take away from the the things that God has set aside from you. 
so i really really loved that it was giving me major like matthew 7 7 energy <laughs> like major matthew 7 7 so <laughs> Um, Matthew 7, 7 says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you, right? So God has enough for you and he's just waiting for you to reach out and grab it. Honestly, reach out and ask for it. Um, there's no prayer too big for God. And there was one more thing I wanted to share with you. I wanted to talk about um, Matthew eighteen twelve, which is the parable of the lost sheep, because I think that really ties in with kind of what we we've just discussed um and so i'm sure you guys have heard of it where the shepherd leaves the 99 to find the one sheep right and so in our human minds we might be like oh my gosh why would we ever if i had 99 sheep i'm not leaving them to go after one right and sometimes we are the one sheep that god is going after and other times we're the 99 you know and so i think it's important to recognize and and have that forgiveness for others. Another verse that's coming into my head as I'm speaking. Um, let me look it up. It's actually the one with the borrower. Um, and basically found it. So this is in Matthew 18, 21 to 35. And it's called the parable of the unforgiving debtor. So basically, um, I'll sum it up because it's a long story. But basically, it was a guy and he borrowed money, right? Um let me see. Let me find some specifics for you. So, so there was a servant and he owed him owed his debtor millions of dollars. So he couldn't pay, so his master ordered that he be sold along with his wife, his children and everything he owed to pay the debt. That is Matthew 18:25. 26. But the man fell before his master and begged him, please be patient with me and I will pay it all. Then his master was filled with pity for him and released him and forgave the debt. 28. But when the man left the king, he went to a fellow servant who owed him a few thousand dollars. He grabbed him by the throat and demanded instant payment. His fellow servant fell down before him and begged for a little more time. Be patient with me and I will pay it. But his creditor wouldn't wait. He had the man arrested and put in prison until the debt would be paid. When some of the other servants saw this, they were very upset. They went to the king and told him everything that had happened. Then the king called in the man he had forgiven and said, You evil servant, I forgave you that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? Then the angry man sent the man then the angry king sent the man to prison to be tortured until he paid his death. That's why my heavenly father will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart. So bam <laughs> so here we go again with this this idea of mercy and having forgiveness for others right because god has that same mercy and forgiveness for us and there's enough to go around and um let me tell you guys what mercy means so a lot of people say oh god is such a just god but god is not a just god okay because for someone to be just, for justice, that means you're getting what you deserve, right? And all of us deserve to go to hell, to be honest, to be frank. And God sent a son for us to be forgiven, right? So God is not just. God is merciful. So let me tell you guys about justice, mercy, and grace, right? So a lot of people will say God is a just God, but God is not a just God because justice is giving people what they deserve, right? And we don't get what we deserve from God because we don't deserve anything, right? But God still continues to give to us anyway, right? And that would be grace. Grace is getting something that you don't deserve, right? So everything God does for us is an act of grace. Every, 
every table he moves for us, every mountain he moves for us, every table he sets before us, those are acts of grace. And then mercy is not getting what you did deserve, right? Mercy is not getting what you did deserve. So in this case of the um, debtor, right, when his master forgave him for the millions he owned, that was an act of mercy, right? Because he didn't get what he did deserve, okay? And then an act of grace would be like what we just talked about in the beginning with the prodigal son, right? Because that was mercy because he didn't get what he did deserve, but also grace because he got more than what he deserved, right? So mercy is withholding punishment and grace is giving despite not not deserving. Does that make sense? It can be a little tricky, but <laughs> they're good concepts to know. So yeah, so I just wanted to share that message with you. I don't know what you guys are going through. I'm not sure what's going on, um, but I'm always praying for you and just always keep that in the back of your mind that God is always with you and all that he has is yours and to just let things go, you know, to be forgiving, to to be merciful, to show grace to others because God shows it to us. All right, so I love you guys. You are speaking with Chantel and you will hear from me soon. Bye. Have a good week.